Thurston News Week 5 Recap. Connor Taylor, Manny, and Patrick. Is this the first week all our teams won? Have we – or was it – did did the Eagles get a win? No, well, the Packers lost that week. I think this might be the – I should look. It might be. No, I think it actually is. Yeah, it has to be. Because <laughs> Packers lost week one. And then the we won Steelers week one. lost for Yeah, we also won. Okay. Well, yes, it probably yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, I think it definitely is. Look at us. Look at us. We're living on top of the world, I guess. Not the most <laughs> exciting week, but uh, I mean, for, for y'all, y'all's teams, I mean, you guys had to show a little, it's like a heartbeat check in a way for, for the Eagles and, and Steelers. But we can, we can jump into the headliner of the week it was it was a weird game i don't remember exactly how long the the halftime was but it was it was long i got very tired during it got very bored but we we eventually got back to football it, of course talking about the chiefs bills this was the worst loss of the Mahomes era during the regular season for the chiefs are you guys worried about the chiefs should we be worried about the chiefs be our first question here yeah, I mean, not totally, not yet. I think um, just from the, what we saw last last night, I think it's easy to say that you should be worried that this Chiefs team isn't the same as it was like the last two seasons, which it completely isn't. Um, obviously, the offense is still pretty much the same, but I think that I think just if there is something to be concerned about, is that defense now more than ever probably, just because. Um, uh, they, they do have like the regular stars, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, but Chris Jones didn't play last night. And that showed that showed that definitely showed because of the um, just the score and how easily the Bills seemed to move the ball. Um, Josh Allen never really got pressured un- unless they brought like five or five or even six at a time. And even so, he'd find a way to just get out of the pocket and scram and still make something happen. So I don't know if he, at this point, I'm not too extremely like hitting the panic button on the Chiefs just yet, just because of that offense. I think the potential it has is um, greater than a lot of teams right now. But um, if you want to point to something to be to monitor over the next couple weeks to see how it develops, it's definitely that defense, especially when they're fully healthy. Um, we'll see how that plays out and if they could truly improve. Because if not, then um, then they're looking at maybe the playoffs, and if they do get in there, then they'll just probably be an early round exit really just from the compet- from the competitive levels we see from the rest of the AFC. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. I think, you know, last night we may have seen a changing of the guard at the top of the AFC. I think the Bills are playing at a higher level right now than pretty much everybody uh, in the AFC and pretty much the rest of the league. I think they've, you know, they've continued to invest in that defense, Sean McDermott has been a defensive coordinator, defense. He's been a defensive guy pretty much his entire coaching career uh, going back to his first season in the NFL. So he's going to invest in that defense, but also in that offense. I mean, yeah, Josh Allen is playing at a very high level. Uh, just, excuse me, Stephon Diggs is also playing at a high level. There's a lot of, there's a lot of players for the Bills that are finally, you know, coming about kind of, you know, that they're showing their promise basically. And we know Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they're going to be good. Uh, I mean, the Bills secondary is also one of the be- is one of the best in the NFL. You add in Greg Rousseau, you add you have Ed Oliver. There's a lot of good pieces for the Bills, and I think 
even though the Chiefs are still a very dangerous team, I think that defense, I mean, we've known that for years that they've struggled. Um, there are some, I mean, some star pieces with Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, um, you know, or, or Frank Clark, excuse me. Um, so there's a lot of good pieces on the, on the Chiefs defense, but again, you still struggle at times and, you know, that offense can't carry them forever. And that offense has struggled at times, especially last night against that Bills defense. So I think the Bills have taken over as the top team in the AFC. Um, and after last night's game, I think that further cemented that, um, further cemented my point there. So we, we might not be hitting the, the panic button to freak out because over the next three weeks, the Chiefs play at Washington, at Tennessee, both – I believe they should both win. And then against the Giants, they should win. So we're, we're looking at a, a five and three team at that point. Not, not what we expect it by any means. I know, Patrick, you kind of said that in your, your statement talking about if you thought that the, the Chiefs, we need to freak out or be worried about them. But since we don't really, seems like we don't need to be worried about them. Is there another team that's, overtop them it seems like Patrick believes the Bills are there any other teams that you think have taken a leap above them are the Chargers better than them at this point in this season are there any other teams that we think could be thrown in on the AFC side besides the Bills that are that are looking better than the Chiefs right now uh yeah I mean just like you said Connor I think I'll throw the, definitely throw the Chargers in there just because they're in the same division and they've only lost one game um to the Cowboys which also was a very winnable game. They could very well also be undefeated like the Cardinals. And if they were undefeated like the Cardinals, I would probably take the Chargers over the Cardinals at this point. Um, but still, even still, yeah, I would put the Chargers in there. Um, probably the Browns, just because, again, like the array of talent that they have on both sides of the of the ball, defense especially, they could – that defense is almost as talented or just as talented as the Bills' defense – and offensively, yeah, they might not have the, um, the ideal franchise quarterback like Josh Allen does. Baker Mayfield isn't that far off of that, especially the way that they put the team around him. So I'd throw the Browns in there. And probably other than that, I don't know, you might get like a sneaky team in there. Maybe like, I don't know, like the Bengals have surprised a lot of people. I'm not jumping on that bandwagon just yet, but just um, the way that they've surprised a lot of people, the way that they're playing they're they're a sneaky team to watch out for but definitely the Chargers and the Browns I think apart from obviously the Bills and the Chiefs are the two other teams that are very well built on both sides of the ball and can and I think are at that upper level of teams that are definitely AFC um, conference contenders and definitely even Super Bowl contenders at this point I'd say the same thing I think you have to throw the Chargers in there uh, what was it last year or two years ago when we had that coaching carousel, Brandon Staley got hired or actually it was this off season, but, but to my point, the chargers were probably one of the most attractive teams in my opinion, that most head coaches would have been frothing over. I mean, you have Derwin James, you have Joey Bosa and you still have Justin Herbert. Who's, I mean, quickly proven to be one of the top young quarterbacks, if not one of the top quarterbacks, uh, in the NFL, you have Austin Eckler, you have Mike Williams, you have Keenan Allen. There's a lot of great talent on the Chargers offensively and defensively that, you know, necessarily for our entire, I mean, the entire time that we've known about football, the Chargers have always been this team that was good, but they just couldn't get over that hump of like wild card or, you know, if they happen to make the divisional, they wouldn't make it past that. So we've always known them to be as the team that, that just, just couldn't get over the hump. Um, and I feel like they might be 
might be able to do that this season. I feel like there's a lot, there's again, a lot of the same stars that I just mentioned, they're still on the team and they're still improving every year. You bring in Brandon Saley, who's a, who's a coordinator uh, in LA. There's a lot of good talent on this team. Now going into this season, they have, I mean, I'd say I'd put them up there with the bills to be completely honest. And I think that'd be one of the most entertaining AFC championships. If that end does end up happening. Uh, both young quarterbacks, great defenses, uh, good offenses. So I think that would be an interesting one. I feel like you got to throw the Browns in there, like you talked about, Manny. There's probably, I mean, yeah, I'd probably, yeah, I'd say probably the Browns. Uh, yeah, Browns, probably Bills and Chargers. I don't really know any sleep. I don't know if there's really going to be any, like, sleeper teams. Um, the Bengals are all right, but again, I feel like that the lack of an offensive line and a decent defense isn't going to get them very far, you know, going into the playoffs if they happen to end up making it as a wild card. And focusing on the, the Bills side of this Chiefs-Bills game, I mean, right now the Bills have the, the number one offense and defense. They've got 34.4 points per game on offense, and then they've only allowed 12.8 per games on, on defense thus far. Not a stat. I, I didn't expect their defense to be able to step up like this by any means. I expect their offense to come out strong again, maybe regress a little bit, but this team's not showing any signs of regressing, and it's probably not going to happen this year because the Bills have the, they're tied for the second easiest remaining schedule. Is there anything that can stop this team currently right now? They're constructed. Did you see any weaknesses? I know last time they probably played their their best game of the season. They had that really weird week one, but are we, do we think there's any big weaknesses besides maybe uh, Josh Allen randomly deciding to throw risky uh, passes in an interception here or there? Yeah, to that point, Connor, I think that um, if you could get the Bills, I think, to the point where maybe that offense isn't clicking. I Obviously, I saw the first game against the Steelers where um, they didn't really bring like a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. They got there with just four. And I think if the if any defense capable, definitely you have great defense out there, like we just talked about, like the Browns or the Chargers or even the Steelers in week one. If you have a defense that could just bring four and then drop everybody else in the coverage, I think it'll just make it that much harder. Cause Stefan Diggs didn't really have a great game last night. It was really those other supplementary pieces that were um that didn't have as much attention on them that really showed out last night. But I think if you could have a team that kind of just brings four and drops everybody else in the coverage and especially forces them to run the ball, I think it limits them in a way because last night we we saw that they could throw the ball all over the Chiefs um, secondary. But when it came to running the ball, the Chiefs even isn't great at stopping either. But when it came to running the ball, they still kind of struggled. Like it was gl- not glaring, but it was obvious that this team is a way better passing team than running team. So if you could get them to kind of slow down the game, make it as low scoring as possible, and kind of frustrate Josh Allen to the point where, like you said, Connor, make him make these outrageous throws where one or two of them can get picked off or just be unlucky and, like, he gets a bunch of incompletions or something like that. Something to stall that offense, uh, which is something that she's never really got to the, to the point of doing last night. I think it's a way that it gives you the best chance of winning at that point because they're not scoring 20, 30 points where your offense just really can't keep up with that sort of firepower that the, that the Bills have. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily have, you know, any weaknesses for this Bills team. Again, that defense against the Chiefs last night was very difficult, and the Chiefs couldn't get anything going offensively. It didn't help 
that you lose Clyde Edwards Hilaire to an injury who may be at, we don't know how long he's going to be out yet. That's a big loss because now they have to rely more on that pass game, which has proven to be a bit, you know, hasn't proven to be the greatest so far this season. You lose Travis Kelsey as well uh, due to a, you know, a head that or got hit in the head on an incomplete pass. So we'll see if he's in concussion protocol or not. Most likely he will be. So again, that's another huge loss for the Chiefs. And I think the Bills, again, going back to my point, the Bills don't really have any weaknesses that I can necessarily see. Defense is good. Offense is, offense is good. Josh Allen is obviously the leader of that team. And, I mean, he still is going to have some moments where, you know, he's still learning in the game. It's what is now third season in the NFL, second season in the NFL. So you're still going to have some mistakes that just come with more and more game experience. And I think as the season goes on, we'll see him become more comfortable um, in his role. And I really don't think that he's going to, you know, necessarily struggle as much as we did maybe so, like maybe, you know, year one or year year. I think as it goes on, he'll become a much better quarterback. And he is already a really good quarterback, but I think with experience, he's going to get even better. Um, and again, with playoff experience, he's going to be he's going to be very good. It it feels a little odd this year because for definitely the past two years, it kind of was like a forcing conclusion that the the Chiefs would come out of the AFC. But now, thus far in the season, it feels like there's maybe two to five teams in there that could possibly have a have a bid for the Super Bowl, which is just completely different of what we've experienced how the AFC and the, the NFC was the side that we're like, maybe there's a couple teams that can actually get in there. But now it seems like the AFC, there's there's a lot of options. Positive vibes only. Got the Los Angeles Chargers. What a wild game. A fun game. It would be a very fun playoff game. Browns, Chargers, I would, I would watch that game again. Different stylistically. I mean, you, you've got someone and Justin Herbert who is making a, another great leap. I mean, he came out strong year one, coming out strong again. We'll just have to kind of wait and see like how much he can improve, what is his peak. But as of right now, he's showing tons of promise, and, I, and I'm loving how he's playing. But on that brown side of the ball, how much – I guess my my biggest issue with them right now is is possibly Baker Mayfield. Do we do we trust him in game winning drives? Do we do we trust him when it's when it's on his shoulders at the end? I think he's I think he's good. He can trust his run game. He has an excellent run game. I know they had some injuries on the offensive line during this game, but are we could we see it where Mayfield is the thing that kind of holds them back slightly? I think they'll still make it far into the playoffs, but is he that kind of one person thus far this season that's not living up to his uh, expectations to take them to a Super Bowl? Yeah, I think it's just it's kind of hard, like with Baker Mayfield. Maybe you could say unfair just because um, with all the talent that they have around him, you have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, Odell, when they decide to use them, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, all this talent around them, it, if you compare all those talents to Baker Mayfield, it's just kind of unfair to, like, I guess, expect them to be um, up to the par with um, with the rest of the talent he has. Because with that kind of talent, you expect them to kind of be in a spot where the Bills are right now, just flinging it all over the field, moving the ball with ease, just getting all these ridiculous amount of points up on teams. But it just hasn't happened. And I think... Um, just the way this team's built, I think Kevin Stefanski has seen that Baker, especially when you compare Baker to the other quarterbacks, um, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, 
he's not there yet. Like there's levels to being uh, that that franchise quarterback and just being like a tier or two below that. And I think that's where Baker finds himself. And he's going to have that probably the rest of his career being in the AFC with all these great quarterbacks that are coming out, out of all these teams. It is unfair to compare them like that just because the teams aren't built the same. It's not the same situation. But at the same time, when you do get into these close games against these other quarterbacks, you need that guy to step up and get you that those points or get you down the field to get a field goal. And up to this point, we haven't really seen Baker do that. We saw him go against Pat Mahomes where the Browns kind of dominated them at some points, but they still lost because Baker did an interception. He had that, he had another opportunity again this week to show up to show up against Justin Herbert. But again, it was just mismanagement and the the giving up that 14 point lead that they had in like the second quarter um, and not being able to drive down the field that last drive that they had and get some sort of points. It's these sort of instances that kind of separates those kind of quarterbacks. And until, until Baker, or until they give Baker the liberty to, to kind of trust them and make those throws, I think they'll always just be like a step behind and not being able to get over the hump. Like we've mentioned with the chargers before. Do we, do we think obviously as thus far, it doesn't seem like he can be a Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert, we really don't know about. Josh Allen, we know he's probably above Baker Mayfield. Do we think a team can can win with a slightly below-tier QB right now where it's so pass-heavy? But, I mean, the Browns do have probably some of the, the best uh, uh, structure in the NFL on offense and defense. Yeah, I would say that the Browns are probably one of the best teams in the NFL at structuring their team. They know what they're going to do. They're very run heavy. They'll pass it occasionally. That's why they have, you know, they have Jarvis Landry. They have Odell Beckham. They have David Njoku. They have a fair amount of weapons on that offense to pass to. But when you have a running back duo like Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, you know what you're going to do. And I and I feel bad for the Browns because they had so many injuries yesterday. You lose Jedrick Willis, who's your, you know, your offense tackle. Greg Newsome, Jadavian Clowney were also out. And then they lose Denzel Ward and Jack Conklin again yesterday. Miles um, Garrett got hurt, but he was able, you know, he was still in the game. That's a ton of injuries. And that's a lot of your starters right there. All of them are actual, I mean, all of them are starters pretty much. Um, maybe besides Newsom, who like splits it. But again, that's a lot of losses. And the fact that they were able to keep it that close shows something. But that is going to be a struggle going down the rest of the season. I would say I wouldn't necessarily say Baker's like a below average quarterback or an average quarterback. I would just say necessarily that they don't pass it as much because they are such a run heavy team and they have such a great offensive line that they're able to run the ball more. Um, so I don't know when this I would say he's a good leader and I would say he's a decent quarterback. I'd say a little bit above average um so i'd say probably like decent but it is concerning to see him not play at the level that we expect him to play as number one pick uh so i mean again we'll see you know what there's been quarterbacks who were absolutely awful trent delfer for example took the ravens to the super bowl and i think he might be the worst super bowl quarterback of all time so honestly you never know what's going to happen i'd say baker Mayfield's obviously a lot better quarterback than trent delfer but you can say that, you know, you can't say that uh, Baker Mayfield couldn't make the Super Bowl with the amount of talent that he has on this Browns team. It is going to be interesting to see what injury, like who ends up actually coming back from their injuries, how severe they're going to be, and what are the long-term effects of those injuries, given that most of those people that I just talked about are all starters or your star players. 
And their, their two losses are against the Chiefs and the Chargers. I mean, two teams that should make it deep into the playoffs. So it's, it's not like they've lost bad teams by any means. It's just we're seeing a little bit of struggle when Baker needs to, to come in the clutch in these moments. And he's not able to at this point. Obviously, things change. It's, it's a long season. They can adapt. Baker Mayfield can uh, – I mean, we, we saw last year that it, it is when you get hot that matters. I mean, the Buccaneers were the hottest team at the end of the year. They were definitely not the hottest team during the regular season. And that's really all that matters. So this Browns team has the pieces where they could get hot and basically be quote-unquote unstoppable coming into the playoffs. We can move on to positive vibes only. I mean, sorry, excuse me. We're in positive vibes only. What is it? Was a positive vibe only for, for you guys, a team, a player, a play call, whatever you saw this week. And we were like, man, you got, you got to feel good about that. Yeah, I got, um, I got the Eagles. Yeah. Good result at the, this past Sunday. Um, I didn't really obviously follow it that much, but when I saw the end result, I thought that they won and I, I couldn't believe it. So I had to like go back and see that um, their defense forced Sam Darnold into three interceptions. Um, Jalen Hurts, he, he had a decent game. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he ran in for two, which is always good to see that have a quarterback. I mean, that be able to do both. And again, just um, another positive reinforcement to, to show people or anybody around the league um, that that defense is is not as bad or maybe not as talked about as it should be, kind of with um, the starts that they have. Darius Slay had two picks. Uh, we always have Fletcher Cox on the defensive line. Javon Hargrave bringing pressure to Sam Darnold and forced him into um, some well, just bad mistakes that he made throwing the ball. And I know they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. Um, he was a midweek scratch in that game or leading up to that game. But um, even so that this Panthers team has been talked about as a surprisingly good team that nobody saw coming and kind of was brought back down to the earth this week when they, uh, they lost to the Eagles. So going forward, it's, it'll be interesting to see how the Panthers at least bounce back from it. But if you're the Eagles sitting now at um, two and three, if I'm not mistaken, they're, um, they're obviously probably not going to win that division, but they are, in my opinion right now, the second best team in that division where a lot of people figure that, it was just the Cowboys and everybody else. It didn't really matter. So they're showing some fight. And it was, it was crazy to see that they won yesterday. I don't know if I'm that surprised that the Eagles won. I mean, that's a, it's a lot of shade being thrown at my Eagles. <laughs> I, I mean, for that game, I would say, yeah, it was definitely surprising. Uh, I really, you know, my pessimism as an Eagles fan has obviously grown over the last couple of seasons. Uh, and I wasn't, I was shocked to see that they actually, I was shocked to see them end up winning that game. Yeah, you lose Christian McCaffrey, which is a huge loss for the Panthers. And unfortunately, I don't know if he, I don't think he's ever going to get back to the ways we saw him before that injury last season, which is unfortunate because he's such a great talent. And you lose, you may potentially lose two young stars. We go back to Luke Keekley, who, I mean, he's probably one of the greatest defensive players of all time in what, eight seasons? I mean, they, he had to retire early because of injuries. Unfortunately, it feels more and more likely that Christian McCaffrey may be going down that same path because he's had that massive injury last year. He's having more injuries this year, and it's just wearing down his body. And it'd be super unfortunate to see him, you know, maybe have to retire early just because he just can't he can't handle the like physical game anymore. Going back to the Eagles, yeah, I mean, it's a great win. Jalen Hurts played well. That defense finally played well. So I am happy about that. 
but also at the same time, we play the Bucks on Thursday night. So my optimism is quickly going to turn to pessimism again. If for whatever reason the Eagles win, I'd be that would be more shocking given how good the the Bucks are. But I mean, we'll see. I think my positive vibe for this week is the Cardinals. Uh, it's a bit of a harder win though. They only won seventeen to ten against the 49ers. And again. The, Card- the Cardinals are still one of the only, I think the only undefeated team now, 5-0 and on the season. I think they're further cementing that they are going to be a very dangerous playoff contender. Honestly, I mean, is it, I don't really think it's, maybe it is too far and it's still early on, but I mean, with the level of play that they've been at so far this season, it's it'd be shocking not to list them as one of the top contenders for that NFC championship come the end of January. So We'll see. It was another good. It was another good win for them. The 49ers did scheme well. They were able to hold Kyler Murray to only a couple yards rushing, and he had he did have one miscue. He missed the touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, which probably would have been a much easier game for for the Cardinals. It's unfortunate you miss your passes. It happens, but you got to especially in a game like that. You got to be able to convert um, on those touchdown passes. I mean, it's just a wasted opportunity if you can't. It's a good one for the Cardinals. 49ers played well, even though they ended up losing the game. Uh, and I think, again, Cardinals are playing well. I think that entire NFC West is going to be pretty is going to be pretty competitive, minus the Seahawks. Unfortunately, you lose Russell Wilson. That's a big loss, four to eight weeks. And most likely it's going to be, you know, six to eight, the longer side on six to eight weeks. So that's a huge loss for Seattle. And I think, you know, Geno Smith is a great quarterback. We love him here at WVU. But then again, Russell Wilson is easily one of the league's all-time best passers and easily one of the best mobile quarterbacks. So that's a huge loss for Seattle. But again, it's still going to be a very interesting NFC West, uh, you know, with the Cardinals, with the 49ers. Um, and we'll see. We'll see about that. But yeah, I think Cardinals is definitely a team to watch going throughout the rest of the season. They may be probably one of the top seeds in the NFC. Yeah, I feel like it it keeps on solidifying that they're they're not a team that's faking it in all honesty, because I think for a while it's like, oh, maybe they're they're faking it a little bit as the Titans, Vikings, Jaguars. But the Rams big win, 49ers, you know, it wasn't it wasn't their prettiest win, but it's showing that they can win in different ways and uh, win in kind of kind of close games where everything's not going perfect that day but I, I wanted to uh get back a little bit on the the Panthers side of that Eagles uh Panthers game and obviously it was a struggle for for Sam Darnold he threw three interceptions the defense played great for I mean they got them a 15 to 6 lead heading into halftime for the Panthers and they seem like they're going to be great I mean Matt Rule has established his first time there he drafted all defensive players we all know that story and he seems like he's establishing a great culture down in, in Carolina. Is it up to Sam Darnold how far this team can go this year? Is it is it clearly up to him? Is it um, is there anything else holding them back offensively or I think defensively it should be solidified for for the most part? But is, is Sam Darnold the biggest question mark? And uh, if he is the biggest question mark, are we? We're looking at another possible QB change this offseason and kind of just wondering what the heck's going on in Carolina with their QBs. Yeah, I think it, that's one point. But uh, another one, uh, like Patrick mentioned before, is just uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, by far the best player on this team talent-wise. And 
Um, from what he's shown the past couple seasons, he's he's just put up those numbers to really solidify himself as like top three running back. Um, he could do it all, but it's just these injuries that um just keep holding him back. Like if you don't have your best player, which is most often times for most teams, their quarterbacks for the but for the Panthers, it's Christian McCaffrey. If you constantly are just wondering if he's fully 100% or if he's going to um, be cut just because the just because Matt Rule doesn't think he's 100% and he won't play that week. It's a big change in game plan and for opposing teams to sh- strategize around him. Uh, and if you take him out, it just makes him kind of one-dimensional on offense, I guess. Um, Trouble Hubbard is a nice player. He rushed for over 100 yards yesterday, but uh, obviously comparing him to Christian McCaffrey, um, there, there's no comparison there. Um, and then you if you make him one-dimensional, it just puts a lot more pressure on Sam Darnold, which is kind of the situation it was with the Jets. Obviously, not the same players, not coaching-wise or anything. It's the same, but I think that scenario of him having to do everything is what kind of made him struggle in New York, him being the only kind of resource that they had to um, put up points. Um, and if that kind of trickles in here with Carolina because Christian McCaffrey – because teams aren't um, game planning to stop the run or stop it, trying to stop Christian McCaffrey. They'll just focus in on Sam Darnold. I think you, we kind of saw a glimpse of what could happen if that's the case. I'm not saying it's the same situation with the Jets, but um, but either way, it's um, it's something to just watch out for to see how Christian McCaffrey's inability up to this point to stay healthy kind of plays into that, um, how kind of plays into Sam Darnold playing if he can maintain that level that he has the first three weeks or if he's going to kind of start to slow down as the, the season continues. Yeah, I'd say the same thing for Sam Darnold. He's a great – I think he's a great quarterback. But, again, with the loss of Christian McCaffrey, that's a huge – again, in order to win in the NFL, you need to have – if you want to be successful, you need to have a good run game and you need to have a good pass game. If you don't have one or the other, it's going to make it a lot easier for teams to scheme around. And, I mean, the Eagles did that exact. I think the Eagles, you know, maybe in the first half, they struggled massively. You know, it was like 15-6 at halftime. But at the same time, Darius Lay has those two interceptions. They know they're going to pass the ball when you have DJ when you have DJ Moore. Excuse me, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard had a great day rushing the ball. But you know they're going to pass it more. So the Eagles were able to game plan around that. And I wouldn't necessarily say that's all Sam Darnold's fault because, again, the Panthers are obviously a much better team than the Jets are in terms of personnel, um, just organization-wise in general. But they still have their struggles. They haven't, you know, you know, they don't have the greatest defense in the world. They're pretty good, but at the same time, they have struggled. And I think that offense, again, only needs to continue adding weapons, especially at offensive line. When, you know, the Eagles have one of the best defensive lines in the entire NFL. You talked about it, Manny Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Derek Barnett. Well, besides Derek Barnett, um, you know, they have a good defensive line. So you need to keep improving at offensive line for the Panthers. But, you know, Sam Darner, Sam Donald is the, is the quarterback. He is the leader of that team. I would say a majority of it does get placed on him, but at the same time, you do have to take into account the losses that they had, mainly um, Christian McCaffrey. On the weekend woes, I had the the Las Vegas Raiders today because they lost to the Bears. You know, the Bears have a three and two record now, but the, the Raiders' offense seems to just kind of completely fall apart. 
They've only uh, scored 23 points combined in their, their back-to-back losses. The Bears games, they, they had 10 penalties against them. My question is, where, where does this team go from here? I mean, Derek Carr came out hot. The offense looked good. Hunter Renfro was doing well. Josh Jacobs was doing all right. Darren Waller was doing well. It seemed like they could, you know, maybe not have the, the best defense by any means, but they would be able to keep up with, with anyone, just, just throwing it downfield. John Gruden had seemed to finally found a little bit of offensive groove. But now, now we're back to this point where we're questioning on what's going on in Las Vegas. And I don't – I mean, they need to take advantage why the, the Chiefs aren't, aren't playing well right now. I mean, that division, AFC West, is, is difficult. The Broncos are playing – all right, not great, but you could easily, if you if you decide to slide down this path here, you you could fall in fourth even with a decent record. How are we feeling about this this Raiders team as as of now five weeks in? I mean, kind of similar to um, with the Panthers, it's they just caught everybody by surprise, and I think um, that kind of positive momentum that they had going, um, beating the the Ravens on that crazy overtime. Um, game it just showed that um, showed like their character that they had to um, win those type of games and then going away to, to Pittsburgh and beating the Steelers and then also then after that seeing how like you mentioned Connor the Chiefs were playing and there kind of seemed to be like uh, I guess a confusion around the league as to like these teams are the Chiefs aren't playing well but like the Raiders are people weren't expecting that and I, I can confidently say nobody was expecting that but um, again, like you said, um, even the Broncos um, are playing decently well right now. Um, before this week, I probably would have said that they were the worst team um, in this division just because I can't freak out on the Chiefs just yet. But after this week, it, the, the Raiders are kind of sliding into that territory just because or at least at, with, at par with the, uh, with the Broncos just because um, they have surprised a lot of teams initially. But now it's kind of like teams are kind of starting to figure them out a little bit. Um, as the season goes on and, and as they play more difficult teams are uh, as their season goes on, like I said. So I don't know. At this point, it's kind of like, yeah, the Raiders are kind of like showing you, yeah, like they're the Raiders, nothing special right now. So I think it's up to John Cruden to kind of get back into, get back at practice this week and kind of like reinstall that focus and kind of just reinstate some sort of energy into that offense because their defense is surprisingly playing better than a lot more a lot of people probably thought. But at this point it's that offense that's kind of like kind of stuttering at this point and kind of forcing the defense to overwork against teams that are just putting up points to them regardless because of the exhaustion that this defense is constantly being put under. So I don't know. I think John Gruden just kind of has to refocus this team and kind of just get them to forget these last few weeks and just kind of look forward because it's definitely not totally lost at up to this point i think it's it's tough obviously we recorded this pot we recorded the last podcast before everything dropped last week and it's i mean obviously we can't say the right word that i want to say but it's been it's been downright embarrassing to be completely honest um with the both of you i feel not that i feel bad i don't th- i don't feel bad at all because what he said was completely vulgar and it was just irreprehensible to be completely honest and I think in the next couple of days we'll probably hear you know more and more um at least on the side of what's going to happen punishment wise which I do think he you know even though he has been remorseful he has multiple times said I'm not a racist all this he still said it 
you know, even though he, it comes in the question, you know, his morals and whatever. And he is a player's coach. We've all known that for, for a long, long time. We knew he was a player's coach and every player pretty much said that um, minus Yannick Ngakwe. So I think it's, it's pretty bad that it came at such a time like this when the Raiders were playing well um, and then you drop that you drop this massive story on the Raiders. And obviously that's going to affect any organization massively, especially when it's your head coach saying that kind of stuff. So do I think it affect is going to affect the play for the rest for the short term, at least in the next couple of weeks? I think so. I feel like it is going to be, you know, most players came to his defense, which I was kind of shocked about to to be completely honest. They came to his defense nonetheless, so I think most of the players are going to be okay, but there's still going to be some short-term struggles as a result of, you know, the of the incident that John Gruden had. So I think we'll see what happens with them, but it is – it's a struggle. It's sad to see them playing not as great as we saw them play in the beginning of the season. I think I was one of the – I think I said that they were just a faker with actually being good and whatever. So I think they still have a lot of good talent on that offense and that defense. So we'll see what happens with the rest of the season, but again – I mean, with John Gruden and that incident, that's going to probably be ongoing for the rest of the season, potentially. It's going to affect the team every week because, again, it's going to be hard to focus on on the game at task when you have your head coach who may or may not get fired and your team might get docked, point, get docked draft picks and money, potentially. Definitely a just a, a week and woe all all around for the, the Raiders. They lose and then have, have controversy as well, which is which is never something – you want any any other weekend woes from you guys any uh bad plays bad players uh or just just bad teams overall from this past weekend yeah i think we got to talk about the lions i think the lions have uh, arguably the hardest season so far they have i'm pretty sure they only have won one game maybe i think that's it i think yeah, they, they haven't have, won any games so nope they haven't won any games that's even worse Every game has been super close or just unfortunate, just super unfortunate. You lose two weeks ago on a 66-yard field goal. That's going to crush you. And then you lose again to the Vikings just because, I mean, it's just an unfor- it's just unfortunate how that game ended up. But, again, it's tough for the Lions. They, I mean, you knew they were going to struggle. You have Jared Goff who comes in and isn't the greatest quarterback in the world. Uh, he's certainly not lived up to that number one draft pick back in, what, 2016, 20, 2016, 2017. So he's not lived up to those expectations whatsoever. There's some good talent on that offense. You have TJ Hawkinson. You have DeAndre Smith. You have Jamal Williams. Those are good talents on that offense. But, I mean, the rest of the team, unfortunately, is just not very good. And it's tough. It's very tough, especially when you have – such an emotional coach like Dan Campbell, who I don't know if you guys saw his press conference yesterday, but he was sobbing. He was genuinely sobbing in his press conference because he just, it, it, I mean, I gotta feel, I mean, I have to feel for the Lions at this point. They've just suffered through so many just brutal losses. And yes, they probably, I mean, should some of those games, they should have won. No question about that. They should have won yesterday against the Vikings. You know, they had a couple of bad play calls and just, you know, calls that didn't really make much sense um, in hindsight. So it is tough to see them losing so much. And it, it just sucks because they've lost so many brutal games this season. I mean, it, it, I mean, it just sucks against the Vikings too, who has unfortunately not been a very good team, um, which is not too shocking, but 
you know, it's bad when you lose to the Vikings just because they're not a good team anymore. Uh, so it's it's tough for the Lions because they've suffered suffered through so many brutal losses this season. Uh, yeah, I just I just feel for the I just feel for the Lions. Yeah, and the the press conference was was sad. I, I like Dan Campbell. I've read some uh, pieces about him, and I know I'm a Packers fan, but I think he's he's creating a culture there, and I feel like it's it, it, it's pretty easy to preach right now to that locker room that they're. But they're right there. They're in the games. They're not getting blown out. It seems like this team has heart. And, yeah, they're, they're not going to win much this season. They might not win at all. I think they will. But they're, they're just going to they're gonna come close, and it's going to be a, a long rebuild. I mean, Patricia left that, that franchise in, in shambles at the end of the day, to be completely honest. He was possibly one of the worst head coaching hirings uh, over the last decade, but any, any weekend woes from you, Manny? Um, yeah, I think, um, probably I'll, I'll say this about like the Lions. It's just, they're definitely, I know they're 0 five, probably like one of two of the worst records. Um, but they're definitely not the worst team in the NFL by any stretch. I'd probably take them, definitely take them over the Texans, Jaguars, and maybe even the bears with their inconsistency. But, um, yeah, I think, I like what, like you guys said, I like what Dan Campbell's doing. And I think they're just right there away from um, getting some positives um, in the next coming weeks. But um, my weekend, well, um, would have to be just the uh, the Giants. Um, I think going into that game, nobody really picked them to win. They might have picked them to make it close. But um, but as soon as, um, as you got those unfortunate injuries, um, you lose your quarterback, your wide receiver, your running back, and then on top of that, you have your number two and number three receiver not playing. It's just that whole offense was just completely taken apart, and you're just left with, like, Mike Glennon and Kadarius Tony, who um, ironically had his best game of the season when there was nobody – when he had no other help around him. So um, that's their only positive to take from this game, um, that Kader- that they finally know what they have in Kadarius Tony. They have a pretty good, probably wide receiver, at least three, probably even two at this point. Um, but yeah, it's just unfortunate that Saquon will probably be out for like three or probably like four or five weeks with that gruesome ankle. It was only a sprain, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, Daniel Jones has a concussion. It seemed probably worse than like a regular um, concussion that people get just because of the way he kind of um, uh, kind of was struggling to get off the field. But you lose that and Kenny Galladay got out with a knee injury and then Sterling Shepard, you don't know how good that hamstring is going to be. And then Darius Slayton also is on the injury list. So I don't know. Going forward, I'm pretty sure they have the Rams next week. So that's another probably loss, with, especially with these injuries. So rough patch, rough patch for the for the Giants going forward. And it's just, yeah, just unfortunate, ugly, ugly week for them. Things are definitely falling off the rails if if you would consider them on the rails for the for the Giants before this. But I forgot to say this. It was I got a sent a tweet from a, a fellow Lions fan. It said the Lions are the first team in the NFL history to lose on a game-winning field goal of 50-plus yards with no time left on the clock twice in a single season. So very, very Lions, very odd stat, but uh, just kind of shows the, the heartbreak going there. I forgot to add that in earlier. But before we head to our two-minute drill, I had uh, Dolphins-Buccaneers. Dolphins fall to, to one and four. How how worried should we be? I know two is not playing 
currently, and he might not play. We're not sure the timetable exactly, but yeah, Jaguars and Falcons these next two weeks should win games even without Tua. But how, how are you feeling about this uh, this team that I thought was kind of almost like a shoe in to make the playoffs behind the Bills in that division? Now they're looking at one and four, and I'm not confident really at all. I mean, the, the defense looked concerning yesterday. I mean, getting dropped 45 points on them is it's not the most beautiful thing to ever watch. Yeah, I would say it's hard just because also um, I was on that hype train thinking that the not the Browns the, the Dolphins were gonna were definitely a lock in for that at least second spot in that division. But now, um, like you mentioned, Connor, two was out. You don't know when he'll come back or and if when he comes back, how this team will, what kind of shape this team will be for him to I guess rise him from the dead and take him to have some sort of playoff contention. But it's it's hard when your uh, when your quarterback goes out and you have no running game. Like it's just plain and simple. They they can't run the ball. Their best rusher was probably Miles Gaskin, and he only ran for twenty five yards. I know that Bucks run defense is is really good, probably one of the best in the league. But even still, um, that just goes that just goes hand in hand with the uh, with the amount of offense you can run. We I would know um, the Steelers struggle with that all the time. Um, they've gotten better, but even still, and it just goes hand in hand with that defense. If you can't run the ball, you're always getting three and outs, three and outs, three and outs against the Bucks team where you want to keep Tom Brady on the sideline as much as you can. Um, you can't do that just throwing the ball and hoping to get first first down, especially when um, uh, Devontae Parker wasn't playing. Um, Mike Kosicki did, if I'm not mistaken, did play, but even still, it's just, it's hard when you have limited chemistry with Jacoby Brissett, which who isn't terrible, but that lack of chemistry just isn't there. And that needs to be there when you're going up against um, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the, the Bucks. So tough matchup for them this week. And again, going forward, you just don't know. You hope that they, they'll probably beat the Jags. Um, you hope so. If they don't, then it's just completely, I guess, a failed season at that point if you're one and five. But yeah, again, it's just hard to see the Dolphins struggle and hard to see that defense struggle because they have good players on that side of the ball, but it's just, you can only do so much when your offense isn't really staying on the field as much as you'd like them to. I'm glad the Dolphins are doing so bad. <laughs> really happy about it because we get their first round pick. Uh, so the more losses they have, fantastic. Uh, you know, it'd be great if for some reason we got the number, honestly, that might be, that would be pretty happy. And that's the only positive I have currently from the Eagles season is that we get three top 10 picks in this year's draft at the moment. Dolphins obviously are at number three now. And you also have the, you have the Colts pick barring Carson Wentz getting injured again. Uh, so we'll see with that, but beside the point, yes, the Dolphins, it's, it's just unfortunate. Again, you had such high hopes when Tua was drafted. You thought he was going to be this franchise quarterback. He was going to come in off to, after a pretty successful Alabama career and he's just completely not shown that at all. He's shown that he's not shown any promise whatsoever. And I think it's tough for left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just, it's just a tough, it's so tough. I mean, there really has been a good left-handed quarterback since Mike Vick or Steve Young, in my opinion. So it's tough to see Tua not or get injured a lot, hasn't lived up to his expectations. And you really have to bring into perspective, you know, is he going to be your franchise quarterback in the future? At the moment, I'd say no. And I think it's tough because this upcoming QB class is, to put it lightly, awful now. 
Obviously, Spencer Rattler um, probably deserves it, to be completely honest. Um, he's completely fallen off with the expectations. Um, but then again, he's also one of the worst teammates I think I've ever seen, period. Um, so does he get that little bit of the karma? Yeah, probably. And Caleb Williams is going to start now for him. So Spencer Rattler, his draft stocks dropped dramatically. Sam Howell's not having the greatest season um, at North Carolina. So it's not the greatest. I mean, it's not as great of QB class as we saw or maybe thought of at the beginning of the season. So it's tough for the Dolphins. I think they might, they are probably going to have to stick it out for one more season um, with Tua. Hopefully he's not injured or for whatever reason something happens. But yeah, it's tough when you thought, when you, think that a quarterback's going to be your franchise, you know, franchise savior, whatever. And he's just not, and he's completely, you know, the opposite or injured. So it's tough. Obviously the bucks were going to win this game from the start. They had some struggles um, at first when they were down like 10, seven, I think, or whatever. But I mean, again, that bucks offense is just so deadly. I mean, there's so many weapons. We've talked about it so many times, you know, on this podcast throughout the season, they're just super deadly. Um, you have your two start, you have your two starting quarterbacks cornerbacks out excuse me uh and I mean they still had an incredible game they still had an incredible incredible game Tom Brady was missing Rob Gronkowski but you still score 45 points without him it's it's pretty insane it's pretty insane so I think the Dolphins it does it I feel for them because they're they may not have the franchise quarterback they thought they would and again the Bucks come back and just completely blow the Dolphins out of the water, um, and they move. Again, they're still a very dangerous team, and I think they're going to be one of the contenders for that NFC Championship. I think the NFC Championship may be more competitive than the AFC this year, which is shocking. That never happens. Uh, so we'll see. I think the NFC is going to be comp more competitive than the AFC at the end of this year, which I don't think I've said in a very long time. Can move to the the two minute drill. Basically, anything that that's left over from the week. Uh, small small thoughts. My first thing was uh, lowest splits games thus far this season have been the Steelers against the Bills, which obviously we saw Josh Allen playing that game. The Saints against the Packers, we saw Aaron Rodgers playing that game, and then last night the Bills against the Chiefs. Obviously, it's simple to say it's it's nice when you can just four and drop back and get after the QB. Every team would do it if they could. But it seems like at this point in time that you need to not blitz the the top tier quarterbacks because they're just they're too smart. They know where to go when there's a blitz. They know how to change the protection at this point in time. Do we think that's how we see defenses evolve moving forward? Only only sending four. Obviously. If you only send four and your pass rush sucks, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to have to blitz. But is this getting a time where we think this is the way to defeat those top-tier QBs? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point that you brought up there. And I think it's kind of interesting when you see uh, all these games, like you mentioned, kind of the Steelers and the, the Bills, the Bills and the Chiefs, and – seeing how kind of like the opposite result is coming from sending more pressure. Um, these quarterbacks, I think, are getting smarter because I think that's kind of been the formula to stop them, bring as much pressure as you can, and then just um, have them a little bit shaken up and just throw ill-advised passes because of the pressure. But it's kind of – but now strategizing around it, kind of double bluffing them in a sense that they think they're getting pressure, but they're not, and they kind of disguise – packages to where there's a lot more coverage than they thought and now they don't know what to do with the ball and obviously it helps when you have four good pass rushers but 
yeah, it's interesting to see you have like quarterbacks even talking about it. And Rogers mentioned it in um, I think um one of the shows he was on, I think I was on a podcast that he hasn't seen as much pressure this season and it's kind of like surprised him. But it, again, he reiterated the fact that if you can just send four, it just makes it that much easier for um your defense when you could just throw 70 people back there and just cover as long as you can, because eventually that pass rush will get there and then the quarterback is going to have to make a decision. So I think the way it's going, I think uh, more people are putting as needed attention on that pass rush as they can with the, with the level of these quarterbacks, it just seems to be getting better and better. So I think teams are going to have to focus more on that side and send or disguise packages to just send for and kind of drop back and cover as much as they can, like the bills did um, last night. Yeah, I'd say the same thing. I think defenses are going to have to continue to evolve as we move through this season, the next season, the next season after that. As, you know, like we've talked about, quarter, the talent of quarterbacks and just the – I mean, just the talent that they come out of at co- out of college with is pretty insane. I mean, you talk about the last couple of drafts, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. Um, oh, man, I'm blanking now – uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, all those players are starting quarterbacks pretty much from, you know, day one, maybe their second year in the NFL, which is so impressive for rookie quarterbacks. And I think, yeah, like, like you talked about, as you go on, you're going to have to evolve your defense in order to adapt to the high level of these quarterbacks, especially the rookie quarterbacks who are playing extremely well and well above the, you know, what we expected them from a, from a rookie. And I think, you know, maybe the older defensive coordinators uh, are going to have are going to struggle with trying to evolve them. Some of them are going to be able to adapt their defenses to the high level of these quarterbacks. But some of the older ones, I feel like they're going to struggle because they're not going to want to change, you know, what's worked for them so long, even though, you know, what defenses did in the 90s or even the early 2000s is not the same. It's not the same game that's currently played today, which is very much centered around quarterbacks, wide receivers, um, and a passing game. Any other small f- thoughts from you guys from uh, from week five? Any things stick out that we just didn't have uh, tons of time to get to? Yeah, I think the one thing is that um, obviously the Seahawks lost um, that game to the Rams, but I think, uh, like we mentioned briefly before, that injury to Russell Wilson, um, it's a lot – it's a bigger blow than most people, I think, realize just because for as long as we've probably known these last four or five years Russell Wilson has carried that team on his back and has really been the reason that they have some sort of relevancy and some always some sort of contention in the NFC and now you lose him for like five six weeks where this team could most likely not win another game and then you're sitting at probably where were they two and three or another probably sitting at two and seven three and six maybe something like that and at that point, especially in the NFC West, where it's so competitive, I that season's, the season's kind of like thrown out the window in a sense where you kind of have to already look to next season when you might have a chance. And at, like Patrick mentioned before, um, they can't even look that far into the draft just because they don't have that draft pick. They traded for Jamal, Jamal Adams or they traded it yeah, for Jamal Adams. So it, they're in a rough spot right now. Um, with that loss of Russell Wilson, um, the worst thing that could have happened to them. And now they have to kind of plan around that. So I don't know. They might get lucky. Geno Smith might be some might be their savior and take them to uh, have a winning record and kind of contend for that division. But I don't know. It's unlikely at this point with the way the Cardinals are playing. So 
it's just unfortunate to see how this kind of plays out. And if Pete Carroll kind of comes into that category of is this is this like his fault for or the organization's fault for mismanaging the situation and he could he be on the hot seat when the season's over. So that's something to look forward to and what I got from that game, most of all. Anything from you, Patrick? Yeah, I feel like the rest of the the rest of this season is going to be probably one of the more competitive we've seen in a long time. And I think it's again, we go back to what we talked about earlier in the podcast with the um, Bills and Chiefs. I think the Bills have taken over as the best team in the AFC. Uh, I feel like they're just operating at such a high level. That organization uh, is fine is, you know, after, you know, unfortunately, a long while where they weren't that great. They're finally able to produce at such a high level. Sean McDermott's a great coach. Uh, it's good to see the Bills back, you know, competing at a high level like we saw them do in the late 80s, early 90s. So I'm happy for the Bills that they're finally back, but also at the same time, it is shocking to see the Chiefs not playing at the high level that we've seen quite seen from them over the last three years. So it might be one of the first seasons we may not see the Chiefs in the playoffs, which is very shocking to say. And it's still early in the season, so you never know what's going to happen. But it, with the level of play that we've seen so the Chiefs so far, it is going along that possibility that they may not end up making the playoffs. It's definitely going to be a competitive season. I was just looking at the divisions, and there's there's tons of them. There's a couple that we know which team's going to win, but a lot of them, it's it's going to come down to the wire, most likely. And it, it's looking like a, another exciting. NFL season, but this has been a first and moose recap of NFL week five. Thank you as always for, for listening and you can check out other podcasts at u92themoose.com. Mm-hmm.